PR Pro Cannabis Media. Welcome back to Green Rush Live, really live on a Friday afternoon here. I'm Jimmy Young, the founder of Pro Cannabis Media and sometimes regular host of this program. I'm always welcome by uh, and always happy to have in our room as a guest host is Josh Kincaid from Washington State who covers the Washington beat, if you will, for our weekly We Talk News show, which will follow this really live talk show at six o'clock. Josh, uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to get anybody committed to this half hour. We, we thought we had a few, but at the last minute, they all had issues. Let's just leave it at that. I'm not going to name names. But Josh, you were here. That much I really appreciate. Tell me, you, you said you've got something you'd like to discuss with me, a, a recent report you were looking at. I do. Um, I think there's a couple of uh, things I wanted to address first um, The from the folks leaving comments. Um, yeah. They wanted to know about interstate commerce and, yeah. and if that can happen, what how that can happen. Uh, and the other one I think is going to have the same answer was about the Safe Banking Act and if companies will be able to be on a like a publicly traded exchange like NASDAQ, for example, mm -hmm. both answers are that the limitations are that there's a schedule one. Right. So like the last segment with Morgan, we mentioned that if they deschedule and it's not scheduled at all, that's great. Or if it's at least not schedule one, then there's other alternatives, but neither of those can really happen legally until uh, that descheduling process happens. So, and you and I both know, that interstate commerce of cannabis in the United States of America has been going on for generations, Le illegally, yeah. illegally, right? Jimmy, we could be making a fortune right now between arbitrage, between the Seattle and the New York markets, for example, and Philly. You know, we could buy it really, really cheap here and sell it really, really expensive over there and make a killing. <laughs> this is not legal. Well, I think we just made a record of that now, so that probably wouldn't be a good thing to do, right? Um, right. And and the other thing that I think is, again, kind of a, another reason why we have to have reform is the fact that flour may not be allowed to go legally across state lines, but the recipes for the manufacture of edibles, of tinctures, of other elements to titrate, to ingest into your body, that's happening because that's where all the celebrity brands are making their way from California over here in the East Coast to Massachusetts, where I'm located. So, I mean, to me, that's a, that's almost not fair. Mm -hmm. What do yeah. you think? Well, I mean, it's, it's more expensive for these companies and the redundancies to have that. Uh, so they have to duplicate all of their standard operating procedures, the property, the plant, the equipment, the labor, everything. But that's the price of doing business right now. And so right. a lot of these retailers are making money. The producers aren't. The processors, if separate from the retailers and they're not vertically integrated, they're all struggling. So if Oklahoma in March goes, uh, we'll see a lot of those 7,500 plus licenses get eviscerated uh, because once the scaling happens, a lot of those mom and pops won't be able to keep up. You know, the subject of MSOs came up in a conversation with myself and Tori Chamberlain, who's our news producer of We Talk News, who, by the way, will be joining us at 530 uh, this afternoon. And uh, we will we will argue this because I'm, I will get behind the MSOs, especially during this time of the development of the industry. And by that, I mean, in order to keep the momentum going, you need somebody 
big operators to move this needle, move the federal cannabis reform forward, pay the lobbyists. I'm sorry, that happens in America. It, it's part of the deal. And I understand that most of the people that complain about the MSOs complain that their, their weed really sucks. Okay. For the most part, it's just not good. And craft cannabis, on the other hand, is so much better and a higher quality, if you will, than most of the mass-produced MSOs. Now, there are some out there now that are learning some of the secrets of making craft cannabis level uh, flour at the mass production level, um, level for, for uh, multi-state operators. But, you know, Josh, what, what's your feeling about the MSOs? They are they're a target of every single person I talk to in this business. They are. Um, they're kind of like the, you know, the Budweiser. They're the big guys out there. Um, and, and I think they're always going to have a target out there because they have a, an unfair advantage having the capital in the organization. Um, but I think everyone else had a, an ability to play a part in that if they wanted to. They chose not to. And this is just kind of the this is how business works. Let's ask Doug Miller. Dougie Fresh, what do you think? Hey, wait, is Doug with us? If, if it is, it's New Jersey at night, because all I see is a dark screen. Um, but we'll we'll get to Doug. He's supposed to be here at 5 o'clock, which is fine. Um, and right. I know that he has an opinion about this, because he has an opinion about just about everything. But <laughs> um, I was at a very impressive investor summit in New York last week uh, that was put together by ArcView. Now, ArcView is a, is a fund that was started by Steve D'Angelo and Troy Dayton, 10 years ago, um, was active for about five of those 10 years, kind of went off the rails a little bit. And now they're starting to um, rejigger themselves, if you will, and come back out to the market. And they had a great, I thought it was a great conference. Uh, the quality of the people I met there, the investor groups that I, that I was able to be introduced to and met there, it was pretty amazing to me uh, as an outsider looking in at this point in time. Uh, there is money out there for investment for cannabis operators that you just may have to look for it harder and you may have to work a little harder on finding out just how to approach them. But ArcView gave an opportunity for everybody to do that. And I want to congratulate uh, Jeff Finkel and Gene Sullivan, two of the principals at ArcView for really running a, a great show. And I really enjoyed it. Josh, What's your feeling? What's your read? And you're someone who can look at the tea leaves and the financial markets and, and actually see trending and, and that sort of thing. Are you starting to see uh, more of the cannabis investment money uh, being loosened up? Or is everybody still more cautious, waiting for the midterms, waiting to see what happens with our inflation recession, which always seems to change every month? Definitely more on the sidelines and that kind of capital crunch that's been around for a couple of years is still there. Um, serious deep, a steep decline in that capital raise year to date when you compare it to last year, even still. So it's not getting any better. Uh, but some of the the sectors that mostly get that have historically uh, been getting uh, capital is is cultivation and retail. So um they're only like they're less than 2% of the equity that's raised year to date, according to Viridian Capital Advisors, that's compared to 52% last year. So that's that's happening for a couple of reasons. They think that uh, MSOs have been able to use that equity in acquisitions. So they don't have to really come up with extra money. They just use their, their shares out of nowhere. 
Then you have tier one MSOs that have a strong capital position. So they have money, but they don't know what to do with it. Um, and then you have a greater availability and better pricing of debt. So there's also FOMO. So you have investors that are willing to take anything and debt is at the historic high. There's never been more debt issuance out there and people, you know, investors are taking it. So why not keep issuing it? Right. And, and isn't debt the American way? That's right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not quite sure that I understand all that, but I, I definitely well, bonds, understand. Bonds are debts, just as a reminder. So debt and equity. They, that much I can, that much I think I can, can understand. Um, it was one of the first things that was asked uh, of the 15 representatives of venture capitalist groups that were at the ArcView conference. Jamie Pearson uh, was able to moderate this, this kind of a free-for-all in this big room, and I thought she did a great job. And the first question, I asked the first question because you know how it is at a press conference. Nobody wants to ask the first question. Me, I, I can ask the first question because we had just talked about debt financing versus equity financing. And sure enough, that generated about four or five different comments from different people. And there was some discussion, which was better, which was uh, you know, better than the other one. And I don't think that there is a cut and dry feeling about that. I think it depends on each deal. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, each deal, each segment, each region, they all have their own variables. And I think it's all kind of starting to normalize. For example, we're starting to see a lot less sales on 420. It's just becoming kind of a normal day because during the pandemic, a lot of people uh, were a lot of retailers were issuing steep discounts. This store right next to me has 30% off three days a week. So what's the draw on 420? There really isn't one. So right now we're seeing a lot more sales during uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas. That's a normalization process right there. People party over the holidays, right? Right. Yeah. yeah and they so, don't need to and they don't need to fake partying on 420, even though we all, you know, wink, wink. That's a big that's a big holiday. You know, I still had to explain it to some people uh, down in New York too, where it all began and all that neat stuff. But that, that's a, that's another story. Yeah. Um, there, and go ahead. Well, I was going to say that that report that you mentioned earlier is a headset report. It's called analyzing us cannabis sales trends to understand holiday demand. So it kind of goes over what to expect uh, this Thanksgiving and Christmas and how that time period is really going to overtake sales and has really over last year year before and probably will continue that um and so we can kind of get into some of those reasons um about um why that time period is, is going to create more sales and discounts and uh why more what's the trending behind that some of the analytics behind that as well and the other thing that i um also took part in uh, well actually there was there were three conferences that I took part in last week. Okay, one was the annual, sixth annual Burns and Levinson State of the Cannabis Industry Conference. Uh, that was outside of Boston. Uh, then the ArcView co um, Conference. And then, because I'm a glutton for punishment, uh, driving from, New, excuse me, Brooklyn to Newark, New Jersey, which took me three hours to go about 13 miles, I think it is. <laughs> okay. Now, granted, I didn't leave until four o'clock, so I was screwed, basically. But uh, each one of those conferences that, that I was at had a different flavor to it. And I found that kind of fascinating between the three, whereas the Real Cannabis Entrepreneur event, and we're going to have two people that I met there 
uh, on at the top of the hour with us. And I think you already mentioned Doug. Uh, do you know him, by the way? Not yet. Oh, okay. Okay. So you're reading, you're reading the fine print on the Zoom wall, which is 15 feet away from me, which means I can't see that. Okay. So uh, I, I get it. Anyway, back to the uh, impressions. The real cannabis business entrepreneur run by Gary George um, was really kind of a, um, a completely different element. You know, New York and New Jersey are two different states from the New England area. The tr you've got now, granted, Connecticut still gets kind of grandfathered into the tri-state area. But if you're in New England, you know the people that it's Hartford is the middle city in the middle of Connecticut. And the people that are uh, east of Hartford are Red Sox fans. And the ones that are west are, are Yankees fans. I mean, that's kind of the divider uh, in, in Connecticut as far as the tri-state area. But I got to tell you, there is a lot of excitement in New York and New Jersey about what's to come. And even though they're still going through, both states are still going through their early uh, stages of development, there's going to be huge opportunities down there, Josh. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's because they have the benefit, I think, of being two of the biggest populate, populated states getting into the game with the ability to look at what Massachusetts did, what Maine did, what Washington State did, what Colorado did. California is still trying to figure it out because uh, Steve D'Angelo talked about how when they had just the medical program, that was working great. Mm -hmm. That was his words. It was working great. And then they brought in adult use, if you will, and it's totally mucked up all the regulations. And, uh, you know, he's needless to say, was pretty down on that whole thing. So lessons learned. Of all those lessons, Josh, and you've been sitting there looking at this now for a number of years, what are the what's what do you think is the most important thing that a state can do as it starts a cannabis industry with regulations and compliance? What's the smartest thing that they should be doing? I think they should be looking at some of the petri dish experiments like Washington and learning from them and realizing that some of the <clears throat> Some of the restrictions you were trying to place didn't have the outcomes you were anticipating, like not allowing for outside investment were was going to somehow restrict diversion into the you know the black market. And you can't really stop that. What you're doing is just limiting those those license holders and small business owners and entrepreneurs the ability to get capital when everything their other abilities are restricted. So um yeah, I would say just maybe, although it sounds crazy, just with the cafes I'm dealing with now, you know, we're kind of restricted to this co-op or this um, membership model, which should just be open to the public, but they're not ready for it yet. So um, I, I hate the idea of saying, well, let's just pass the law and then wait for something to change. And then 10 years in Washington, and it hasn't changed. So it's hard for me to kind of be optimistic, but um, I, I wish the government would be more optimistic and allow those rules to just flow because I think we're a lot more mature and um, I, I don't think it's it's going to be as wild as they think. <laughs> well, again, I, I, who knows? This is why we love this kind of open forum because everybody has their own observations about what's going on in their home state. And this show always has people from different um, 
parts of the country. In fact, I can see one in here from Washington State. Medical was great too. So the medical program that was instituted by Washington State uh, has Miggy's approval. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, Washington State had really good medical program. A lot of states could have learned a lot from that. There was great access, availability, pricing, um, consistency. My medical provider that I had for a long time left for Arizona, and now I'm left with you know inconsistency and strains changing and um all that stuff so washington had a great medical program people could have learned a lot from that is it a drug or a plant josh is it a drug or a plant wow that's <laughs> deep um i'd say yes i'd say yeah, yes, yes because it comes you know it's like chicken or the egg i think it's a plant that's definitely um once you start isolating cannabinoids and then the pharmaceutical industry gets a hold of it it definitely marinol sucks i don't think marinol is um anything close to to cannabis i have a friend of mine took that for his his ms when he was still alive um and it didn't do anything for him except make him pass out but i think true derivatives of cannabinoids will be medicine yeah and and, and again Okay. I was gonna say is medicine as a drug, like that I think it's a drug. There, I mean, if you're talking about dependency versus addiction, that's a completely different subject. <laughs> a completely different subject, and it's one that I've asked many um addiction experts about. And you know, the, the biggest question in as Dr. Peter Grinspoon reminded me again, it's the, that's a discussion in every psychology medical school in the world. What what is the line between addiction and dependency? And if you're dependent on something that actually has healthy benefits for you, is that an addiction or is that you're just taking a vitamin that's in kind of again, this is a very delicate subject, but you know, I'm of the opinion, and I say it every time we close out these shows, is learn about it and use it responsibly. Mm -hmm. Because in small regulated doses and of course look i take about a thousand milligrams of cbd a day all right just to get my inflammation somewhat manageable uh with my arthritis but that's called a therapeutic dose now you have a friend who had ms josh so they they're looking for even more potency even more of uh milligrams in their system. I know people who function on 100 milligrams of THC cannabis every day. Mm -hmm. So well, I, I think that's the difference is it can can you still function or does it limit your ability to to get things done? Like, you know, I'm studying for an investment license, I can't use THC during the day, but I definitely have, I definitely want to, <laughs> I definitely want to use cannabis, uh, THC, I should say, because CBD doesn't the, I don't have that full entourage effect. Yeah. And interesting. I mean, you know, again, everybody's, uh, ev this is the thing about this particular plant medicine is it impacts people differently. And what might work for you and give you a kind of a sedative effect would maybe give me more focus. And that's 
that therein lies and medicine they want it to be science jimmy Jimmy, we're on the same page here but because i don't have access to the right particular cultivar to give me that focus that i know is out there i'm still like i just went and and got it was a um six-year anniversary at a shop 50 percent off so i'm like oh i'll get this 200 ounce i've never tried for a hundred dollars it's like the worst thing i've ever tried i've had 30 dollars ounces that were better than that garbage so who, whoever's <laughs> growing that, um, it was trash, you know, but yeah. if I could get the same thing over and over, I could definitely get that, you know, euphoric, uplifting, energetic focus from a blue dream circa 2015 and or, you know, even before that. Um, but it's not available, you know, consistently. So how do you get something that uh, that you really want, like a Matanuska Thunderfuck or something like that? <laughs> By the way, I think I actually tasted 2015 blue dream and found it to be exceptional i got it in great. california it was great but yeah. it's not the same as the blue dream that i get here in massachusetts i can tell you that right now it's right. Just not even though they come from the same cultivar and how do we know as consumers you know really is this really what that is i mean maybe you yeah. can tell uh there are a lot of connoisseurs out there ganges right Gangiers, the experts who can smell a, a bud. And I'd love to see this, by the way. Uh, blind smell test, which yeah, here are the five cultivars. Blind smell test. Mm. We, who can tell which one is which just by the smell? And yeah. you and I both know there are people out there that can do this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I saw one the other day where it was like, you know, Coke Zero, Coke Vanilla. Uh, Pepsi and something else. And like people got all five of them right. And I'm like, man, shame on you for getting all those right. <laughs> yeah, but it would really? be great at the same time if it was cannabis and somebody could get all five of those right. Then it'd be high five. And I'm like, hey, That's nicely right. done. And there's nothing better than the original Coke recipe. I'm sorry. Uh, Coke cherry was another one, by the way. Yeah, but that was that was a made for TV Coca-Cola. You know, that's the way I look at that one. <laughs> that's the way I look at that one. I'm just talking about the original recipe that has been tried to be oh, with coke recipe. in it of coke right well I, I didn't i didn't actually add that in but yes that that <clears throat> yeah you're that's not that part old? Of it, isn't it? i thought you were that old jimmy my bad i am that old yes i yes i am hey uh speaking of which we've got uh, a couple of guests that i met from new jersey that are due to come on uh in a few minutes with us uh, and we'll be talking a little bit about that market uh, and also i want to get into the delta eight discussion because now everybody who's out there who is using Delta 8, and this is basically just people I talk to at these various conferences, understand that Delta 8 will get you high. Mm-hmm. And again, while the big picture, everybody wants to know what they put in their body and what they, uh, and it's been tested so that when you go, you can get some kind of a consistent uh, product. This is why this is why we have a legal movement going on. At least that is the uh, utopian goal, right? Reality is completely different, and we're going to talk more about reality and get into the New Jersey scene uh, in just a few minutes. Don't go away. Green Rush Live continues after this. With that, we're going to roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is the Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't. And I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. 
To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Infused, a cannabis talk show, is a -a one-of-a-kind look inside the cannabis industry. Meet the amazing people who make cannabis businesses bloom as they join host Nick with Francesca and Mike for creative cannabis conversations. Get an honest look at the business of cannabis, including trends, best and worst practices, products, education, and advocacy. Whether you're kind of curious or running a cannabis, Infused has can of conversations that count. Infused is available on YouTube and is now streaming as part of the PodConnects Network.